eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Kim Grinnells of dogman.com with Chris Fetters, Scott Eklund, and uh, Friday's practice is in the books. Absolutely far and away the best, nicest day that we've had out here. Shorts weather, uh, temperature over the weekend up in Seattle for those coming into town, supposed to approach 80 degrees. But, uh, you know, last week we were freezing our butts off with uh, wearing wool base layers and hand warmers and everything. No need for that today. Uh, Again, practicing inside the stadium, not on the east field. And, Chris, you kind of mentioned that it looked like they were saving a lot of this practice, they were saving a lot for tomorrow. Um, it wasn't exactly a walkthrough, but it was a little bit different than the practices we've seen so far. Well, everything was basically condensed. So it was essentially the same type of work they would have gotten in a full two-hour practice, but they did it in, what, about 90 minutes? Mm-hmm. So they still had a team period at the end, which was shortened. They only, I think they pretty much only gave one rep each or one series each to Dylan Morris, Patrick O'Brien, Sam Heward, and then they just had the, the place kickers kick a couple kicks, and that was basically it. So um, felt like they were kind of saving their power, powder for tomorrow. Um, shorts practice, so they weren't in full pads. Obviously trying to do everything they can to just kind of make them, you know, give them some work, make them go through some things, but at the same time understand that the real work is being done for the scrimmage for tomorrow. Big storyline of the day, a couple of injuries. Will Plisco went down the off walk-on offensive lineman. Um, he was down for a while and had to be helped off the field, but the one that may be a little concerning, I don't think it's as serious as Will Pliska's injury, but uh, uh, ZTF, uh, Zion, had to be uh, helped off the field, and he wasn't putting any weight on um, that leg. Didn't look as serious as Plisk. I th- it may have just been a rolled ankle. Yeah. But he was carted off the field. He was definitely feeling it. He yeah. Was definitely feeling it. Yeah, and I think that's going to be the big storyline. And to me, it just it looked like he rolled his ankle. Yeah, I I didn't see it happen. Um, I I heard someone else uh, had said that it was a non-contact drill. I I didn't see it, so maybe that's true. But um, it, he was kind of in a scrum of in the guys, of the scrum, so. Yeah. It was hard to tell. I, I I have a hard time believing it was non-contact, but um, I don't think it was like a torn knee or anything like that. I don't I don't think we're any we're talking about anything serious. It might be a pretty pretty nasty sprain or something like that, and he might miss the rest of spring ball. But uh, luckily for him, he's still got four and a half five months until football 
or I guess it'd be four, maybe four and a half months until um, the season starts. So, yeah. you know, I and and he and he's got a week after that if they want to hold him out of the Montana well, game. Well, typ- typically on these injuries for spring, even if he could mm-hmm. come back next week and play, they would typically just hold him yeah, out, do mental reps, and that's as a it. precaution. Yeah, I mean, there were a number of guys, number of guys that were limited today, anyways. Guys like Alex Cook. Um, Mason West again was on the sidelines. Um, Jack Westover, uh, Vic, Vic Kern, Kern, Vic Kern was on the sidelines. Guard uh, Memelar was on the sidelines. So there were a number of guys that, that you know, yeah. as as spring goes, the, the 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 number of guys on the sidelines start to pile up a little bit. But with Zion, I was on the opposite side of the field. I was focused more on the side that is closest to the tunnels. So all I did was see Zion getting carted off, and then. As he's being helped into the tunnel, you know he's not putting any weight on his left leg. Um, the one with Will Pliska, I saw for sure, and that was just a, an interior run where. And again, to set the scene for these for for the fans, this is a this is a what they call a rap tempo type practice where they wrap people up and let them go. But the point is, you keep everybody upright. You keep all your teammates upright. Offense, defense, doesn't matter. And on these interior runs, that can get a little tricky. Um, and so basically after one of these runs, it just ended up being a huge mess in the middle as it normally is anyways. And so as they're picking guys up, Pliska's on the, on the deck. And typically, even if, even if he's feeling something a little bit, you'd wait a couple seconds, wait for everyone to clear, and then you'd get up and go about your, your business. But he didn't move at all. I mean, like literally his entire body didn't move for a while. And so the, the trainers come rushing in. They finally kind of get him turned over a little bit. Another minute passes. They kind of get his get him kind of propped up a little bit. And then they literally took two trainers to, to basically bring him over. And he was it was his right leg. And I have no idea, knee, ankle, don't know. But he was not putting any weight on it. Yeah, and ZTF was his left leg. And he popped up relatively quickly with someone, you know, someone grabbed his hand and he popped yeah. up but then he needed to be helped off and then he pushed them all away and just hopped over himself that's why it looks like he's maybe not as hurt as bad as well Pliska was and just a reminder it's football mm-hmm. not golf mm-hmm. it's just part of the deal and uh, guys are going to get dinged up guys are going to get hurt guys are going to get injured you mm-hmm. know and did he get dinged did he get hurt or did he get injured we'll find out you know with Mark tomorrow. Brunel blew out his knee in spring football so yeah it just we'll it happens it just it's part of the game that's yeah. why they have over 100 players out there so um i thought with the quarterbacks today i think uh it, i think you're starting to see a gap between the first three guys. I think, you know, right now, I think Dylan Morris is solidly the number one. I think that uh, Patrick O'Brien is solidly the number two, you know, and uh, Sam Heward is solidly number three. Uh, Dylan definitely looks like the guy, and um, Sam had a tough practice today. And, you know, I know that people just, you know, well, they'll grab onto that and, and, you know, have a little bit of panic in their voice. But, you know, it's part of the growing process. And if Sam is doing everything right, he tends not to learn as much. But with the mistakes that he made today and the practice he had today, I think he's going to learn more from this practice than he has in anything else he's done. You you made a good observation, Kim, on his interception by Cameron Fabi Kulan, and he was going to throw short to a tight end. Kulana was 10 yards behind him, started running before Sam even threw the ball. Sam, and you said Sam probably got about halfway through his motion and said, I shouldn't throw it here. But it was already, and, and he just picked it and, 
and would have had a pick six if if that's what it was. But if he uh, would have had Russell Wilson hands, he may have been able to pull that oh, back. Yeah. But it just looked like right when he was starting to throw, he was going, "Oh crap!" And his yeah. arm kept going forward. And I mean, I think everybody. It's kind of like that feeling when you know you've locked your keys in your car as you're shutting the door. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everything goes very slow. You're just like, and you're like, no. And it was probably kind of that. Situation. And I was focused on the twos, so I yeah. was watching on the other side of the field. And so I hear the horn. I see Fabi Kalanen with the ball, and then he pulls the Jake Locker and throws it about 30 feet in the air. And I'm thinking, yeah, that probably won't go over very well. In a, Maybe he in doesn't do that in the game, but probably shouldn't do it in practice he either. Probably so. should, yeah. Yeah, and – you know, if this was a, the practice that Sam had, if it was a th- second-year starter having a practice like Sam did, there might be a little bit room for concern. But I look at a practice like this for a pure freshman, and I just kind of chuckle. And I mean, if you're if you're um, you know, Sam was going against the one defense quite a bit. You think the ones defensive secondary, those one defensive backs, kind of, you know, hey, we got the freshman blood in the water. Uh, maybe a little bit, um, you know. But I mean, they the, they've had success against Dylan too, so it, it yeah. doesn't really. I think I think it's just you know part of the growing pains for Sam. I think it's it's good for him to get these out now. You know, everybody gets concerned about interceptions. I'm like, it's practice, guys. He's making throws he might not make in a game. He's making throw. He's trying to see his timing with the receivers. He's trying to see what can these defensive backs at this level do that maybe they couldn't do it in high school. So you know all that. Kind of stuff. The one thing I've seen from Dylan Morris too that I've really liked that I've been impressed with. I mean, number one, he looks like he's comfortable out there. He looks like he's in command, but he's showing some elusiveness the last couple of practice I've been at. I've been impressed with that. Well, he's had to. Because the, the because Bob Gregory and and the defensive coaches have basically been throwing the kitchen sink at the offense, and so I know a lot of people, a lot of the fans that have been to practice have been wondering about the pass rush, and there's no doubt that there's but that's just one part of it. I mean that's that's a big part of what's going on, and the reason why Dylan Morris has had to show some escapability is because they're throwing not just the the four guys up front, but they're throwing a number of different guys, whether it's linebackers, defensive backs. They're um, they're coming at him from every which way, so they're having to, you know, he's having to show a little bit of versatility, and and uh, and we already know based on what he did last year, Kim, he's he's fairly quick in the decision making part of these things, and so when they're throwing different things at him, not just scheme wise, but also up front, he's had to react a little bit, and so far so good, but again in the team drills, the only guy that's really moving the ball at all, and the only one that has maybe consistently the entire spring has been Patrick O'Brien. You were down at that end, and you watched him more. But, I mean, he's he's showing flashes, and he's definitely having some moments. I mean, he's a good quarterback. Well, he's had some moments, but I think if you want to go back to, to the discussion about Sam Heward, think about the reason why they brought in Patrick O'Brien. Think of what would happen if Sam Heward was considered the backup right now, and there was no number two. There was no competition. It was Dylan Morris and him, and then a bunch of walk-ons. So the fact that Patrick O'Brien here it might be one of the real unsung, unsung stories of this spring right now because he really offers a very solid buffer um, to allow Hewer to make some mistakes, to grow into the position, to learn the way in the manner that he's supposed to learn. Because if he came in as a true freshman, I don't care if he's got 10 stars behind his name, if he's coming in as a true freshman and he knows he's going to be the man in one snap, if Dylan Morris gets hurt, that adds a whole level of pressure that we're not even talking about right now. 
And so I think the the fact that Patrick O'Brien has not only come here and offered that protection, but has also had a really nice spring and could conceivably just pop right in there if Dylan Morris does get banged up. I think the Washington the, the Washington coaches have to have to be thrilled by what they're seeing from him so far. Scott, when you take a look at the defense, there's a new defensive coordinator, and of course he, you know, comes as somebody who's been on the staff before. Are you noticing any difference with this defense from what you've seen since Coach Pete was here? I mean, I, and Bob uh, Gregory even said it that you know I'm going to add a few things. He goes just like every year we add new twists and and stuff to things we're going to do, but. Yeah, he said a lot of this is going to be the same as what we ran under Pete Kwiatkowski. He might just call things a little bit differently. That's that's really where the difference comes, I think, is maybe Pete Kwiatkowski is more aggressive in this situation on third and seven as opposed to maybe Bob Gregory wants to sit back a little bit or the vice versa. You know, maybe Bob Gregory is a little more aggressive with his – um, with his blitzing or, you know, who he sends or things like that. Maybe he calls things a little bit differently, but the defense essentially is the same. They're doing pretty much the same thing. You know, um, you I mean, take- that's one of the reasons, I'm sorry, that's one of the reasons to keep him, yeah. to, to keep this staff the way it was, was so that the, they're not learning a new defense. They're st- sticking with the ones that they have. We had a chance to talk to Rip Rowan um, after practice today. Um, some interesting stuff from him, mm-hmm. um, you know, when he talked about how difficult it is to get a job as a, you know, position coach in college football. It's hard. And like he said, you know, everybody was talking to him on his previous jobs. Yeah, we want to add you to the staff, want to add you to the staff. But it never happens. And then it finally happens. And it really had an impact. On I, I loved it when he said that he's driving out here to take the quality control job out here. And he gets to Colorado, and he's like, holy crap, what is this? Because <laughs> he's been used to flat where yeah. he's from. And and uh, he, he gets in the mountains, and he goes, I'm driving 30 miles an hour on the freeway because I just want to look around and see what's going on. So, um, yeah, I mean, he everything that I have heard is he's an up-and-coming coach. He's a high-energy guy. He knows what he's talking about. The players all love him. They were all really excited on Twitter when he got hired as the – the new D-line coach, and um, it was nice to actually get to talk to him for once. Um, Chris got a, a good picture of him, and you have a picture of him from practice, Kim, and um, so people get to get to see what he looks like and how he's coaching and everything. And I, you know, the 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 defensive line seems much more. I don't know what's what's the word. Much more active this spring than we've seen them in a little while engaged engaged maybe um maybe they were uh, and maybe the the maybe i don't think that was anything to do with ikaiko malloy i think all the players liked him too there's just a different coaching style i wonder if the lack of senior total like like the hierarchy there's like no last, levi year was, last year would have been levi before that it would have been or just you know, would have been a Ravita or a Gaines or you know and so yeah so i'm wondering if there the vacuum is, is this is this a more egalitarian yeah. defensive line? Like, is everything a little bit more equal? Is are, are everybody on? Because you don't you don't you don't look at Thule and Taki and all of a sudden see a bunch of commanding personalities. Well, you got Ryan, you see you see Ryan really Bowman's, good. You know, well, but Ryan Bowman's an outside linebacker. Sometimes, well, they're no, slipping him inside. I I understand that, Kim. But what I'm saying is, when you look at the in guys that in that defensive line room, he's not in it. Yeah. Um, when you look at Taki and and, and and Thule, they are good football players, and they have a chance to be great football players. 
but you don't really see them gushing. You know, they're just not super outward personality types. And I don't think you necessarily would expect that. Um, Tuatelli is an out. out Tuatelli starting to, Bandis guy. is starting to find his wow. form. Bandis. I thought Bandis was the guy that stood out today. Um, I'm really excited to see what he might do tomorrow because I don't know if that's, are we, are we in the process of seeing the light come on for him? Um, you know, Tuatelli to me is still kind of treading water a little bit. He's had some moments. Um, but the, the, the billing still, Mm-hmm. means there's something there's a lot more left on the bone for him that he needs to get after. When you take a look at this defense, I think the obvious strength is in the secondary. It's getting a little ridiculous how much talent's back there. And you you have to worry, you know, with the transfer portal mm-hmm. and one-time transfer immediate eligibility because I mean, how many guys are going to be willing to stick it out like Kyler Gordon? He probably could have started at most Pac-12 schools last year. Well, we talked about it when Byron Murphy was here. You know, he and Will Harris mentioned it today that he redshirts, then he starts for a year and a half and gets drafted. Right? Yeah. Well, we we talked about it then that Byron Murphy probably would have started on what what is there 120 Division One teams, and he probably would have started on at 110 of them. And, and and Washington just happened to be in a situation where they had a future Husky Hall of Fame guys at the very minimum, Buda Baker, Sidney Jones, and Kevin King in front of him. How's he going to play? So they redshirt him, and uh, he ends up playing the next year and, and all that. But, yeah, um, I, I the, it's deep. And Will Harris said, I have the toughest job in the fact that i got to find the right four or five guys to throw out there and still keep these other guys engaged, involved, and happy because of the way that we're doing things. And I've been talking about it on the recruiting board. Everybody thinks Washington needs to go out and get a safety. They might not end up taking a safety in the 2022 class yeah. because they're, that, that room is so deep. When, when you talk about, okay, let's just, let's just go down it right now. Asa Turner, Cam Williams, Dominic Hampton, um, you got uh, Jacoby Covington, Michaela Steen, You've got well, Bookie, Bookie, Bookie Radley is doing there. some reps back Cam there. Cam Fabiculanin's done some reps. Fabi-Kulanin. He's done some reps yeah. everywhere. Julius Irvin Julius is, is a guy who, some we, reps everywhere. who I think could be the X factor in that. Well, Kim, you mentioned too. the portal to start with. Yeah. When Will Harris was asked about Bookie Radley Hiles, he talked about the relationship that he had formed with him in the recruiting process initially before he went to Oklahoma, how because of, of the SoCal connection, because he's from there, Bookie's from there, he made it sound like it was almost a family thing, like he like their families knew each other or there there was a con- mm-hmm. there was another connection there and that he kept in touch with him. You know, that's one of those things where if, if guys leave, the reputation that the defensive backs room has established, starting with Jimmy Lake and now through Will Harris and Terrence Brown, they have created a – Almost, a, almost an assembly line of being able to say, look, we can take you as raw talent and we can turn you into an NFL player. They're going to get two guys drafted this year in Elijah Molden and Keith Taylor. Who knows who might want to leave early? You know, if, if, if Trent McDuffie wants to leave after the 2021 season, if they play a full season, he's going to get drafted, and he's going to get drafted high. Um, the only you know, thing that will hold him back is his height. Yeah, and, and, and if Kyler Gordon has the season we would all expect, he could jump too. You never mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys out. Bookie Radley Hiles is a guy that's probably going to go pro He's after He's a one this and year. done, yeah. Um, there's, the, the, the thing is perpetuating. It's, it's self-perpetuating. And so for anybody that might be worried that guys would jump into the portal that are DBs, 
All you have to do is look at Radley Hiles to know that there's a blueprint that not only do the Washington coaches look at for guys that they want, but the guys that are looking, that are in the portal, that are looking at schools, what schools are they going to look at in terms of guys that, that the programs that put players in the NFL? Washington's right at the top of the list. It's kind of funny. I haven't noticed Trent McDuffie at all. They're just not throwing over there. I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't throw over there. Heck, uh, Kyler Gordon made a heck of a play today in, uh, se- was, I think it was seven on seven work. Um, and Dylan Morris threw a perfect pass. I mean, he threw it high and outside to uh, Jalen McMillan, who was going to bring it in. And Kyler Gordon jumps up with his out- outstanding explosiveness and athleticism and knocks it away. And, I mean, that would have been an easy first down gain and possibly even more because he probably would have broken away from him and gone up the sidelines. So, um, yeah, I mean, Kyler Gordon, I think, is on it right now. We'll see because um, the first time he got a chance to start was 2019, and he looked a little like he – it was, you know, the freight train coming at you instead of the light at the end of the tunnel kind of thing, right? But then last year he plays a lot in the – as a sub – and plays a lot, and I think he gained a lot of confidence. He had the fumble, for the forced fumble against Utah on the edge uh, late in the game, so he was playing some some true corner out there, and and um, really, I think this is his chance to prove that he's the guy that that we all thought he could be. And then, in addition, I'm I'm just not seeing a lot of passes being completed out wide because it just seems like everybody there is covered and we're seeing a lot more dump downs and we're seeing a lot more over the middle because that's all that's available. Yeah. Well, and the other thing you can do too is that if people are looking out wide and wondering who is behind Kyler Gordon and Trent McDuffie, they, they've paired up the freshmen quite a bit, Elijah Jackson and James Smith. But I'm here to tell you when the ones came out for the team period today, one of the corners was Michelle Powell. And Michelle Powell, walk on from O'Day. Will Harris, we asked him today about him, and he, he, he's another guy. He's talked about the light coming on for him. Um, Michelle Powell and Casey Kinchin are two walk-on corners that are right in line for scholarships. Um, don't be surprised if they end up with scholarships. It may not necessarily be after this spring, for instance. Maybe it's before fall ball. It might happen. But Michelle Powell is a guy that I don't think anyone's talking about, and he looks the part. And the guy that I think is, you know, he's going to be next and one of the next great ones. Boy, Elijah Jackson just looks really impressive out there. He does. He and James Smith both have that body, you know, 6'1", 6'2", 195, 200 pounds, big guys. They, you remember when Keith Taylor got here yeah. to the University of Washington? He was kind of the exception to the rule. He was, he was that big guy, long arms. Was over. He was like six two, six three. Kevin King was also in that mold too, but he was so much skinnier. But these guys are bigger than Keith Taylor when he showed up, and um, I think these guys could be a very physically imposing set of corners on, in in the near future um, when they end up taking over, if that's what happens. And um, a lot of it's just going to be about technique with those guys. I mean, those guys, if they can turn and run with guys and Washington doesn't play a ton of man to man, they play more of a zone, but uh, if they're going to, if they're going to be able to run with kids, run with guys, I think Washington's in really good shape with those guys. Yeah, no, I just think that overall the defensive backs, you started this whole thing, Kim, by talking about how deep they are and how talented they are. And Will Harris has talked about just how versatile a lot of those guys have become. I mean, they have, 
when you talk about guys this spring who have played a little bit at corner, safety, nickel, um, you're looking at Julius Irvin. You're looking at Cam Fabicolan, and you're looking at Julius Irvin. Um, you know, Jacoby Covington is one of those guys that can do that. Um, there are a lot of guys. Dominique Hampton is probably the prime example. There are just There's just a ton of versatility out there. And I asked him a little bit about how involved they were on the defensive side because we've heard from Jimmy in terms of running these back-to-back 11-on-11 drills where they're getting twice as many reps. And he said it was something that they figured out in the, in the, um, in the OTAs this last year, mm-hmm. just trying to be able to get a way to get a lot of reps in because they were doing it with distance. So they had to separate. But yet they still had to figure out a way, okay, how much we need to get guys tape. We need to get guys on film. And, and it's worked for the defense as much as it has the offense. And what it has allowed them to do is it has allowed that defensive back group to play anywhere at any time for any reason. And I think it's pretty stunning because I've seen, you know, like I saw the day before on Wednesday, I saw Jacoby Covington in the team drill where they went live near the goal line and he was stuffing guys on the edge. And so I thought, you know, they're just um, so impressive in terms of that group and what they're capable of doing and the versatility. And it all starts with having the high IQ. And I think that's the one thing that they've really um, trained in these guys, especially during the 2020 season. One of the guys that uh, we haven't mentioned much in the spring, but uh, one of the guys who had the best practice today was Sean McGrew. You know, we've seen a lot of Richard Newton coming back from this couple of false positive tests, you know, and Cam Davis and, uh, you know, the two young guys, Caleb Berry and Davian Sunday. But uh, I thought Sean McGrew, you know, really did some nice things today. Yeah, he looked like he had a little bit more of a jump in his step a little bit, had a, had a kick return where he just exploded. Yeah, um, he looked faster today. Yeah, it looked a lot faster to me too. Um, don't know if maybe he's lost a little bit of weight and, and gained some of his speed back that he had originally, but uh, yeah, uh, he looks he looks explosive too. I, that running back room is going to be real interesting to watch the way things go uh, the rest of spring, then into fall ball, and then how maybe the first you know the, the uh, out of conference schedule when they can get them reps against uh, Montana and against Utah State. What's it going to look like? Who's going to get the reps? Who's going to get you know all those things? And and um, I because Cam Davis needs yeah, reps. Cam Davis totally needs reps. And, and then if you get you know, yeah, just and yeah. the and the other guy. Um, why am I spacing? Um, the running back, um, Sam Adams. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So there's a lot. There's a lot of guys in there. I, I mean, honestly, I think a lot of people were surprised that Pleasant and. McGrew decided to come back, and I think, um, I think that's something that we're going to have to keep an eye on. Yeah, no. It, it, what's interesting is you guys you started this off with the kick return for McGrew. I'm wondering what that battle is going to be like now with Giles Jackson. Yeah, you know, in the front. Yeah. I'm wondering, you know, because a lot of times they've talked about that position, like, well, the kick returners, we don't necessarily, you know, want certain starters because it, that might put them in danger or harm's way. But yet they've always used McGrew the last three years. They've used him that way. But I'm wondering now with Giles Jackson, he's he's almost become, when you look at what they did at Michigan with him, that was almost like a specialist type position yeah. for him. He Well, so. Giles Jackson, and I made the comment when when he was um, when he was uh, um, being, when, when we, when after he had committed and I did the uh, impact report and that I thought while he 
could be a, an interesting piece on the offense. I thought he bore, he was a borderline elite kick returner. returner. Yep. And that is lost yardage. When you've got a guy who isn't confident in, in taking a kickback, right, <clears throat> and he decides to down it inside the 20, so now you're at the 25, but that's lost yardage if you could have got to th- the 35 with a guy. If you could get you know an extra 20 yards out of that thing or an extra 10, 15 yards out of that, that's just that's yardage that you can't even make up sometimes, and and I, and and you want teams to be fearful of kicking it to him, so that sometimes you'll get those easy kick it out of bounds accidentally kicks as they're trying to pin him in a corner, and then they get it at the forty-five instead of the you know or, the, or I'm sorry the thirty-five or the forty instead. So yeah, I. I just a guy like Giles Jackson, John Ross did it when he was the kick returner. Dante Pettis did it when he was the punt returner. And Ross was arguably the the most elite guy that they've had since. They really have not had an yeah. elite returner that way. Pettis obviously with with since the punt probably Bean O'Brien maybe, but it's been a long time. But but what I'm saying is is you want teams to have that fear, to strike that fear in them so that they're like, we do not want to kick it to this guy. Giles Jackson puts you in that realm with the kick returns. Live scrimmage tomorrow. Um, They're going to – it's open up to the fans. You can go to GoHuskies.com and sign up for tickets. You definitely need to do that. You cannot just show up. I have it linked in the story that I wrote today too, by the way. You can't just show up. I think that's the most important thing. Don't just show up without signing up. Um, and Jimmy's said you're going to have a lot of uh, a lot of live going on. So I think that's when we're going to get a good idea of the running backs tomorrow. Scott. Yeah, the running game will be will be on display. The the offensive line and defensive line will really be able to get after it a little bit. You'll see a little bit more. Uh, quarterbacks won't be live, but I think everybody else will. When they when we say live, that means they're going to take them to the ground, right? I think Jeff. Lindquist, yeah. I think I mean, Jeff Lindquist is live tomorrow. Everybody is live except for the quarterbacks. Obviously, yeah. they will never run the quarterbacks yeah. live. But in terms of you know when you when when they call a running play, they're taking them down. Yeah. I mean it's going to be full pads, and this is the day that the entire defense has been waiting for JV on Sunday. Mm-hmm. They're gonna they're gonna have their revenge, and. Uh, it should get fun. it should get fun, and he will have his moments too. Don't get me wrong; he knows how to play behind his pads. Final thoughts, Scott Eklund. Good day, good, and and I kind of liked the short practice because I'm not out there and uh, standing out in the sun for or sitting out there in the sun for for uh, three hours or two hours or whatever it is. So, um, but yeah, tomorrow's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Um, looking forward to just sitting up in the stands, watching, enjoying things with the rest of the fans. It's and it should be. My guess is I, I'm betting there's over well over a thousand people there tomorrow. Fun oh, touch, yeah. Chris Yeah, I mean if there aren't, something's seriously wrong. Well, but it's an 80 degree day in yeah. April in the Pacific Northwest. How many yeah. people are like, I think I'm going golfing, or I think we're going to go for a hike over in the Olympics? Yeah, you know? I get it. I totally get it. But it, by the same token, if there. If they can't draw a thousand fans for 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 yeah. for what they're about to see, we have never. Let's put it this way, you guys, we've been covering this team since the late nineties. How many times have we seen a full scrimmage open to the public in spring? I can count them on one hand. I can count them on one finger, yeah. and that one finger is going to start tomorrow. <laughs> it never has happened that I'm aware of. Mm-hmm. I can't even think of a time when they've had an open spring other than spring game for the public to start with. 
Let well, alone, they've, had, they've had it for season ticket holders. Let a, well, right. I'm talking about, I'm talking about open about to the public. Anybody wants to come. I'm talking about gotcha. open to the public, okay. full scrimmage, the whole bit. This is something unlike we've ever seen before. This is a very unique opportunity. And with the weather, the weather's clearly the bonus. Yeah. Um, but if, you know, this is the one time where we can tell the fans, guys, don't take our word for it. You literally can watch these guys and see for yourselves if we're full of crap or we're not. And, I mean, if, and if we're and if we're and if you are posting your thoughts on our message boards, which you're welcome to do, don't talk about information. Don't talk about formations. That's the biggest. Yeah, no, the biggest no. thing you can't really do is don't talk about plays. Don't talk about specific plays. Yeah. Like, oh wow, I just saw a triple reverse with a blah blah. blah. No, the, the, guys, yeah. we need there has to be some common sense. Yeah. that goes you into this just, thing. You can just say Dylan Morris threw a nice long pass to. Romo Dunsey. Right, but the, but the fact yeah. that they're using more defensive linemen, for instance, yeah. in their base defense is not really new information by this point. It's yeah. not really something they, they can keep secret because everybody and their mother just saw it from the stands. So with personnel, that's one thing. But plays, specific plays, I, and again, I fully expect this to be super, super vanilla. I don't, yeah, I don't, think, I don't think they're going to put themselves yeah. in a position to let the cat out of the bag, so to speak. But um, today, again, was just simply prelude. It was just a way for them to kind of get a practice in um, and try to keep those guys fresh, which, again, ironically, um, is when these injuries take place. And it's unfortunate, and it's something that Jimmy Lake talked about in terms of having that fine line between playing the game and, and being able to do it well, but yet having to also protect these guys and do it the right way. Yeah, looking forward to tomorrow. It's just going to be a nice day. It'll be shorts weather for sure. Chris, you can ditch your hoodie tomorrow. Not really. Not if it's not if the sun comes just out, man. Put a hat on, dude. I, I don't want to put I, the sun, I don't want to slather myself in sunscreen, man. That's yeah. Nah, no thanks. Right. Yeah, not if I can put my hoodie on, I'm good, man. It's been a busy week and we expect it uh I don't expect things to slow down for a while. You know, we've got some basketball stuff that's going to be coming up here shortly, expecting some more announcements on some guys transferring in on the basketball team. And then we've got football practice. And it sounds like after June, it's going to get busy on recruiting. So, June 1st. Um, you know, we're used to it slowing down typically, you know, uh, towards the end of May. But it looks like that's not going to happen. It looks oh, like it's going to be busy. Also, something really quick, Kim, just to let people know, and I know Scott's on this too, is that because once the scrimmage is done on Saturday – we're halfway through camp already. Yeah. I mean, it's halfway done. So we'll have some stuff that kind of expresses our thoughts on halfway, maybe a depth chart, maybe some position-by-position position guys that we feel have made improvements, guys that we feel have stepped back or have not shown what we expected, et cetera. It's just pretty crazy. We've been doing this since 1997, and sometimes I look back and I tend not to look back. I'm always looking forward. But, you know, what we were doing 20 years ago as opposed to what we're doing now you know, um, I was talking to somebody about, you know, back in the day, we used to break news at 1030, 1045, because the newspapers would already be gone to press. So if we had a commitment, we'd run it at like 1045 at night. Now we're waiting on artwork for commitments to to yeah. complete their artwork before we run with stories. It's all about the edit, baby. Or, or, yeah. or videos. It's all about Commitment the edit. Videos. It's kind of funny because we know a lot what's going on, but, you know, just for various reasons. If you ever notice that a minute uh, there's news and we have a story <laughs> within 30 seconds. Yeah. We've known about it for a while. We've known about it for a while. Yeah. So, anyways. It just, you know, it 
It's just it's the age we live in, Kim. Yeah. And and I mean, I knew about Jeremiah Martin easily two weeks before he committed. We knew about Bookie Radley Hiles. How yeah. long did I have that sitting in the – and Giles Jackson. We had those sitting in the database for over a week. Viking Jones we sat on yeah. for over a week. Yeah. Dave Rice we've been sitting on for a year. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, no, it's been pretty crazy. So uh, just a reminder, if you're looking for those daily updates and breaking news alerts, just shoot us a note. HuskyStadium at gmail.com, subject line newsletter. We will hook you up and uh, – Looking forward to tomorrow. So for all of us at Dogman.com, I'm Kim Reynolds, along with Chris Fetters, Scott Eklund. Go dogs. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.